You may have seen a story recently about the Finnish Prime Minister, Sanna Marin. She's 36, and uh, she was out partying with some friends. They were at this private venue. She was doing the usual things you might do at a party. She was drinking and dancing and singing, generally carousing. Uh, But someone filmed her on their phone, and that was leaked on social media. And due to political pressure, she was uh, ultimately forced to take a drug test that came back negative. And then there was a separate incident, but at the same time, uh, it was a photo of two women kissing and they were partially topless. That was published. Sanna Murren, the Finnish Prime Minister, wasn't one of them, but the photo had been taken at her official government residence in Finland. And these two things combined sparked international debate about how much partying is too much for a leader. And, and how much partying, I'd like to ask the question, is too much for an employer? Because employers are very aware of what their employees might be getting up to out of hours as well. And what are your rights when it comes to your, inverted commas, private life? And with us is Johanna Drayton. She's a partner at Wellington employment law firm Dyberg Drayton. Kia ora, Johanna. Kia ora, Karen. Nice to be talking with you this evening. Thanks for being here. The Finnish Prime Minister wasn't an employee as such. Her employers are the people who voted for her. So government officials don't come under this law either in Finland or here? No. um, Of course, government officials have got their own codes of conduct and their conduct could be seen to full fail of that, Karen. And I think we've seen that. Uh, in the uh, Mr Sharma case recently, who of course um, made certain statements which undermined his party, the Labour Party, and he was ultimately expelled. But no, they're not employees. I said law, but is there a law when it comes to your employee and employer relationship? Yeah, there is. There's a whole body of um, case law, as we call it, that's come through the courts about Um, employees bringing their employers into disrepute. Um, And if they do so, uh, then they can be sacked. Do you think there are clear expectations uh, about what is and isn't acceptable outside of your work? No, I don't think there is. And I think this is a bit of a problem given the past traditional work and home boundaries are now blurred. And of course, social media makes an employee's actions outside of work far more visible to the employer. Uh, Employees do, though, have a right to a personal life and privacy free from unfair intrusion. Take me back to those laws. Is it just one? Is it a blanket law which is called bringing the employer into disrepute? Or are there other subtitles to that? There's a law called, if you like, bringing an employer into disrepute or doing something that could create a real risk of bringing the employer into disrepute. But of course, an employee's conduct outside of work could also be such that it amounts to serious misconduct and they could be sacked. Uh, There needs to be a real link between that conduct and their employment. For instance, there's been a case Um, where an employee harassed, sexually harassed uh, a female uh, fellow or a female employee from the same workplace during a lunch break. There was an investigation, Karen. The harasser was sacked. That was upheld by the courts as serious misconduct. So there's really two pathways uh, through to uh, 
an employee getting themselves um, sacked in this regard, not just bringing the employer into disrepute, but also serious misconduct that impacts on the workplace and has a real connection with the workplace. And it's a process too, isn't it, Johanna? You can't just say to an employee, uh, that was serious misconduct and that definition stands and they're out the door. You have to go through a process. Oh, absolutely. Well, there's two things. First of all, it's got to be a fair process using the usual um, standards that anyone needs to follow if they're an employer conducting a disciplinary, a disciplinary process into allegations around employees' misconduct. But also, I think this is crucial, it's not just that the employer subjectively or in their own mind thinks the employee's conduct brings them into disrepute or could um, or is serious misconduct. It's got to be looked at from a uh, reasonable objective viewpoint. You know, would the average person out there on the street actually think that this conduct is so bad, so um, disgusting or uh, abhorrent that it actually brings the employer into disrepute or amounts to that serious misconduct level? Right, with, with bringing the employer into disrepute, uh, does the workplace have to show that your behaviour has actually damaged their reputation? And how do they do that? Is that objective as well? That's objective. No, normally that will be the cleanest pathway for the employer. But if, as I've said, if there's that serious risk of bringing the employer into disrepute. Now, there needs to be something that identifies or shows a link between the employee and the employer. Uh, there needs to be a consideration of looking at this objectively or from the fair kind of average person on the street in our society today. Would they actually think that that behaviour is so bad uh, that it brings, that, that it would actually bring or could have a real risk of bringing the employer into disrepute. There's been quite a few um, examples in this area um, and lots of them don't get across the line and some of them do. All right, so let's say we're, we're looking at social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, whatever, and I work in a factory and I have a uniform that I'm wearing and that would identify me as working for that factory. So I could see that anything that I said on uh, Twitter that was questionable would would um, you know would match up with my employer. How and what and what other ways uh, can the employer prove that you have uh, damaged their reputation? Well, often there is um, a linkage because you know they are identified themselves through what they say um, on Facebook. Um, it could be that you know they're actually um, seen. Uh, in a public place, perhaps making uh, racist or sexist comments that are really pretty extreme. Others have seen it. Perhaps they're a high-profile um, senior public servant. Um, and there is that linkage, and people have sometimes brought it to the attention of the employer, um, you know, where there's been real concerns um, about the behaviour, the statements made, and 
the fact that they work, say, for a public sector agency and, you know, should do better, really. What if someone was making, say, racist comments at their own party? They've put, they're have having a birthday party and they were making comments and uh, someone filmed it like they did with the Finnish Prime Minister. Could that be bringing the employer into d- distribute on their own home turf? Well, it certainly could. It'll always turn on exactly what was said. It'll turn on who the person was in terms of their position um, and the nature of their comments. Was it, um, you know, a situation where um, there were lots of people there that heard it? Could members of the public hear, hear it? Was there some discussion on a post about it? Was it, you know, widely known? If it's really um, thought to be, um, you know, just plainly wrong to an average person and say the person is, you know, the head of a ministry or a department, you know, right up there in the public sector, and it is a, you know, a comment that's racist or really sexist, there could be serious questions asked, Karen, and it could potentially lead to uh, a disciplinary process. Well, we started talking about government officials, uh, Calvin Davis, for example, um, causing uh, real hurt to Karen Chaw. Uh, she accepts his apology. Could he, if he wasn't a government official, you know, if he wasn't an MP, uh, would he? Would that be seen as bringing an employer into disrepute? Well, you know, it could be. Um, and I guess at the end of the day, it would depend on, um, you know, a fair process, um, hearing um, the circumstances, um, seeing if there was, you know, as you've said, that apology, that reflection, that acknowledgement that, hey, look, I got this wrong and I'm really sorry about it. That, of course, will help to take the heat out of a situation and, and mitigate it. Right. And uh, infamous and famous cases, uh, are there any that were borderline for you where you thought, I don't want to represent this person because they could be, uh, they might not win? Well, Karen, you know, as a lawyer, uh, ethics say that everyone's got a right to be represented and indeed that's the case. But, um, you know, there's been a number of cases that have hit the media. One was um, one involving the Northland District Health Board where the court held convictions for possession and use of methamphetamine and cannabis, but particularly meth, where that employee was a medical um, practitioner working in a mental health unit, um, not only brought her into disrepute, but also her DHB employer into disrepute. And that, I think, was a pretty clear case where she was dismissed or sacked um, and upheld. But then there's another case, which is quite interesting, I think. 2016, a Department of Corrections case, Karen, where a corrections officer was fired after she had pleaded guilty to a charge uh, of willful damage. She was actually discharged without conviction, and there's a lot of context to the case, but corrections sacked her. Um, But the court said, actually, she wasn't identified in court as being a corrections officer. Looked at, you know, from a fair and neutral um, objective perspective, um, no one would have thought seeing and understanding all the facts 
that that could bring the uh, department into disrepute. And in that particular case, she was reinstated to her former role. Um, but, you know, there's been a quite a lot of cases. There's been a Facebook case, which is quite interesting, one involving the Ministry of Social Development, um, where an employee was fired after her employer found comments on Facebook, lots of political views and such like. But she also stated, and remembering that she was this government employee, on her post that she is a very expensive paperweight who is highly competent in the art of time wastage, blame shifting and stationary theft, Karen. That's what she said. And of course, the department wasn't too happy about that. The authority did say, well, hey, look, these comments are really disparaging of the public service, but the comments alone aren't enough, sorry, corrections to justify her firing. However, her past disciplinary record, which included arson outside of work, unauthorised access to client records combined with her Facebook comments was enough to justify the firing um, of her, obviously, trust and confidence destroyed. One other case I think is worth a mention because it flips, it goes the other way. It's a private sector case involving Forsyth Bar back in 2013. And in that case, a senior investment analyst at Forsyth Bar was involved in a road rage incident outside of work, um, was fired. And the court said, yep, that firing's justified. Took into account the fact the employee held a high profile, trusted senior position, interestingly took into account the fact that the traditional nature, it said, of some of the employer's customers and the importance of the company's reputation for integrity and sound judgment meant that that road rage incident that became widely known was enough to justify the sacking it had brought the employer into disrepute. So there's quite a sprinkling of case law. Um, and I think employees do need to be careful, but I think there really needs to be discussion with employers and employees about reputation, about what might be acceptable and what might not, because I really don't think that um, there's enough awareness around this area. Fascinating area of law. Thank you very much, Johanna. Uh, I could talk on this topic all night. <laughs> Thank you. Very, thanks, Karen. Thanks for Great joining to us. Talk. You too. Good thanks. night. Thanks. Johanna Drayton, partner at Wellington Employment Law Firm, Dyberg Drayton.